is up, guys? My name is Ashley Horner. I'm here with my co-host, Miss Lena Del Rey. I'm really excited Hola. about our guest today. We're going to have Claudia on here um, on the Reborn podcast. Uh, we're going to tell you all about Claudia. She's a UFC fighter, correct? She is. So she is not actively fighting right now. And this is why I'm really intrigued by her story. Yeah. Um, I think she, she's gotten a couple uh, head injuries, brain injuries. Um She's and taking a little hiatus, right? I think so. I, I th- and I think this is so important in athletes. They they think that, and it, it has to do with just like our drive and like always wanting to, like our competitiveness right. that we don't want to stop or give up. But I have so much respect for her because of her time inside the octagon. Um, she had a couple really bad hits and uh, she was advised, I believe, and we're going to we're gonna find out and learn more about that, but she was advised to, um, to slow down or take a break and that's yeah. what she's done. And I think that's so important. Um, to give yourself time to heal. I'm uh, not an athlete, but I feel like a, a lot of the times, like not only sh- she's had some head injuries, which is like the most important part of your body. Let's be real guys. If you don't have your brain and you don't have that brain function, you can't do anything, but we care so much about our bodies that we forget to take care of our mentality sometimes and taking care of like, you know, feeding your brain and like maybe taking that mental health break if you need it. So I'm really excited to yeah. hear about her side of the story. Um, let's go ahead and get into cocktail hour. Um, so we're, we're going to do her- something different today. Okay. We're not going to do a drink. We're going to do a shooter. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a shooter. A All shooter. right. So this is okay. a two-part shooter. Super quick, super easy. Um, it's crown and crown. So this is an apple pie shooter. Mm. So I got crown apple and I got crown vanilla. Um this is a great one. It's just easy. It's tasty and it's smooth. Um, you can serve it cold. You can serve it at room temperature, whatever makes your little heart happy. But basically all it is, is uh, 0.75 ounces of crown apple and 0.75 ounces of crown vanilla. And that's it. All you do is shake it. Can shake it with ice. I'm doing mine at room temperature just cause that's easy. Give it a little mix and then split and enjoy. Ashley, you ready for a shooter? I am so ready for this. We haven't done a shooter or a a shot since season one. Jeez, I can't believe we take shots of whiskey. You know it's almost been a year. Well, it's it's been a year since. What? Have we had our one year anniversary for the Reborn podcast? I think you started July. Oh, I want to jump in in September. I want to find like when our first one was because we should really celebrate that. Yeah, we should. That's crazy. It took me a long time to kind of like we have like out. fifty episodes now. That's pretty cool. That's legit. We're gonna we're becoming like legit podcasters. Yeah. yeah um, all right. Cheers to that. Cheers. 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 Being legit podcasters. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Don't that say doesn't ew. Taste like it doesn't taste like. Were you expecting pie. grandma's pie? I don't know. I Maybe. like it. I thought it was yeah, smooth. Yeah, it's actually. It's better than take it back. Some of them take um, it back. So <laughs> Claudia Gadella, I think that's how we say her last name. Um, I'll have to ask her how to say that exactly. But she's a UFC superstar and is one of the top ranked female fighters in the world. She competed and won the first women's strawweight fight in UFC history, wow. and is currently one of the division's most formable fighters with a professional record of 18 wins and only five losses. Yeah. She is also a three times Brazilian jujitsu world champion. She has won the Rio international open championship four times and Brazilian jujitsu Brazilian nationals seven times. Uh, She's also very passionate and and an advocate for health, fitness, and self ca- self care. So did you do jujitsu? I did do do. <laughs> did I did do jujitsu? Mm. This is when the sh- this is why we don't take shots anymore. Yeah, we realized Jesus. after season one, we're like, we were like drunk for like half of the book. We were like good for we one, to, and then it just kind of like trailed we had to up. dial it back. So we don't do. <laughs> We don't do shots That's why anymore. we don't do shooters anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did do jujitsu for a while. Dude, so I, have, I haven't ever actually got to meet Claudia, but she lives, I believe she's still living out in Las Vegas, Nevada. And one of the times that I was out there, uh, probably like a year or two ago, I, uh, I really wanted, I was trying to like link up and like actually surprise her. I wanted to, I wanted to meet her and surprise yeah. her. And, uh, 
and it just like it didn't work out. So. Oh my god, you have to tell her that. Yeah, I was uh, Larissa Larissa Rios. Oh, uh, do you know Larissa? Yes. Yeah. So her and I are like we. I've met her. No, we're not we're not besties or anything. <laughs> but um, I just being in like the bodybuilding industry, like we've competed like you know in the same realm Is arena she a together. No, I never was like, no, she was actually a little bit before my time. Okay. So uh, I remember there was one time though, I was, uh, this is when I was literally like a newbie, like a no, a nobody. And I was sitting in this hotel room and I had my makeup artist and in the chair next to me was Larissa Riaz. And I was just like, oh, shit. I was like, holy shit. Like, and I was like Larissa. Oh, yeah. She's like, wow. She's like a specimen. Oh my God. And uh, anyway, <laughs> so I don't know, like over the years, we've just kind of, uh, connected like through social media and I think I've seen her like a couple other times just out at events but yeah so uh Larissa and I were trying to plan this uh thing to like surprise yeah to surprise Claudia and it just didn't happen I think my schedule got too busy or something but uh but Larissa's awesome I'm I can't wait to I'm so excited to to talk talk to Claudia yeah so all right well let's bring Claudia on and uh let's get to it How are you? You're my hero. You're my hero. Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Man, did you know that a couple years ago I was working with uh, Larissa Riaz and I was going to try to come out to Vegas and surprise you? Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah. No, I didn't yes. know. Yes, cats out of the bag. I was out there at like either a conference or an expo or something. And uh, I think I just, I my schedule wouldn't work out. But yeah, we were... I was, you know, talking with her because you know Larissa, right? Yeah, she's a badass. I love that woman too, that girl too, you know, like from Brazil. She grew up very like, like she came from humble beginnings and then made her life in America. And like, she does great things. I love that. Yeah, she's awesome. So um, I want to, uh, I would love for you to just kind of tell I want to know like the young Claudia, like I want to know like where you grew up uh, and how long have you been fighting and rolling? And uh, I mean, you have, you have done, you should be so proud of yourself. You have so many amazing accomplishments. Uh, so I want to know about, cause I don't know this about you. So like, where did, tell me, tell me, tell me where you grew up and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. how you got into it. So um, I'm 32 years old now, right? And I, I moved to America four years ago. So my my whole life in America, like learning English, you know, like trying to learn the American lifestyle is pretty new to me, right? So I was born and raised in a small town in the northeast of Brazil, close to the Amazon. Like, Rio and Sao Paulo are like the big cities in Brazil. I, I was born and, and raised in a small little town all the way up north. And I grew up very humble, very poor. My family didn't have money, you know, and um, I had no opportunities in life. But I, I was born with that first period. You know, I always wanted to go play outside and do crazy things like do backflips with my brother, like... I wanted to to play outside a lot. And jiu-jitsu, it's a big thing in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. Like out of like 10 people, five are black belts in jiu-jitsu, oh. you know? Wow. <laughs> like everybody, everybody trains jiu-jitsu in Brazil. And um, I wanted to train jiu-jitsu, but my mother was, she was very traditional. Like for her, a girl should get married and go have kids and take care of her husband and the kids. And she didn't want me to do that. So I had a lot of trouble with my mother because I didn't want to follow that path. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, I had a, like a very big um, like fight with my entire family because I wanted to train jiu-jitsu and I had in my in my mind be a very in a very young age I knew I wanted to become a fire fighter. How and, how old how old were you when you started having these hard discussions with your family and your mom specifically? How I, old were you? I was fourteen years old. Ah, uh, 
crazy teenager. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom thought like my whole family thought it was just a crazy thing that I mm-hmm. wanted to do. And they were like, no, no, no. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> I'm at, doing this. at that point, um, cause you say everybody in Brazil and where you were at, everybody does jujitsu and, and roles. Um, what, were you a standout athlete at that point? Like where, was there any, uh, bargaining with your mom or your family, like saying, like, I'm, I'm sure were you competing at the age of 14 in Brazil? So that's the thing when I'm saying like everybody trains jujitsu, I'm talking about like 15, 16 years ago when there's like a, there was a lot of men training Mm. jiu-jitsu but not a lot of girls Mm. right okay yeah like when I started competing jiu-jitsu and training jiu-jitsu that was like no girls was very hard for me to find matches you know there's there was no girls doing this and everybody thought I was crazy so I had to get out of my hometown Mm. and go to Rio de Janeiro, you know, like, and, and from like 14 to 18 years old, I had a lot of trouble with my family because I was training and, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and in one point I left my mom's house and I went to the gym. I went to live in the gym and I would like clean the gym to be able to train because I didn't have the money to pay the gym. And I I would sleep there. I was like, wow, you guys leave me alone. I'm going to do my thing. So from like 16 to 18 years old, I lived in the gym and trained in in the gym and then when I was 18 I moved from my hometown to Rio de Janeiro Mm -hmm. and that was like the toughest time of my life Mm -hmm. how far far away is Rio from your hometown so um it's like a 48 hour drive it's a Um, 48 hour drive yeah like a like a it's across the country so a four four hour flight Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that's a move. That's, that's like moving across the U S basically. It's not like you could go home on the weekends to see your family. No, 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 no. I didn't see my family for like three years when Mm. I first moved to Rio. It was like the toughest time of my life because I had no money and the sport, like this, the sport of MMA was big, but there was no girls doing it there was no girls willing to train because there was i'm talking about when there was no girls in the ufc Mm -hmm. so we are like there's a girls division in the ufc for Mm -hmm. for nine years and i am in the ufc for eight years i was one of of the first girls ever fighting in the ufc and actually in my weight division i was the first match ever in the strawweight division in the UFC history. It was me and another girl from Poland. Wow. So that's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So like when I was trying to to become a fighter, there was no girls willing to train and to do all the hard work mm-hmm. because there there was no money involved. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't you couldn't fight in the UFC where where the money is, you know, mm-hmm. like, so girls were not willing to train and, you know, a lot. And like, now you see a lot of girls doing it and like training their has off and, you know, and becoming fighters because it's, it's a good job, you know, yeah. it's a good job. But like 16 years ago, it was not a good job. Right. Like 10 years ago was not a good job and I was doing it, you know? So I had to fight in like different weight divisions. I had to fight like bigger girls, you know, and I'm, I'm a pioneer in the sport because I, I'm one of the girls that said, let's make this happen. Yeah. Let's, let's make this happen in the UFC. Let's do whatever we have to do to fight in the biggest fighting organization in the world. Wow. And it was like one of the toughest moments in my life because like I said, I had no money. I had no support. I had no opportunities. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know if it was going to be possible to make it to the UFC one one day. But somebody had to take the first steps to make it happen. So I, I was one of those girls that took the first steps to make it happen. And I don't know if you're familiar with the favelas Who? in Brazil. Favelas uh-uh. are like... the the hood like it's like where the really poor people live in brazil Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and there's like 
houses, they build houses on top of houses in the mm. mountains, you know, with the wrong architecture, you know, it's like, it's it, life is very hard in the favelas. Yeah. And I could only support to live in the favelas, uh, you know, because I didn't have the money. So right. I live like a, a lot of a lot of people listening to the podcast, they'll they'll kind of know what it is because it's like yeah. famous in Brazil. And that's where I had to live for like when I first started, first started uh, training to to make it to the UFC until I make it to the I made it to the UFC. I was living in, in the rough area of Rio de Janeiro. So and, um, how, how old were you whenever you decided you were like, I want to go to the UFC. I want to be like one of the pioneers. I want to, I want to get this. Like, how old were you? And then what was, how many years did you train specifically for that? Was it from the time that you went to Rio de Janeiro or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. So when I, when I was 18, so when I moved when I was 18 and I, I was in this new gym training for two months and they offered me a fight. And I was like, it was actually, you have no idea. <laughs> so I fought for 70, 70, $70. I had like no money to like buy shoes. So I got, I got that money and I bought shoes to train for my next fight. You know, wow. it was like, it was so tough, but you know, it was worth it. I'm so proud. Like, like you said, you know, I'm so proud of, everything I accomplished in life, so, you know, I want to, I want to stop you for just a second. And, uh, because it's almost like you had two options. You had the option of the traditional way with your mom and with the family, which I'm sure, you know, being a teenager, you probably had a little bit of rebellion of like, no, this is the way that I want to do. I want to go and fight and, you know, be a female fighter. But Obviously, you knew that doing the traditional way of getting married, being a woman of the house, compared to going down this hard road, that was the harder path. What What is it, do you think, about you that's different that gave you that drive of, of wanting to be I mean, that was, that was, that was risk. That was all risk, Claudia. And I mean, it paid off and it has to do with work ethic, I know, but like what do you know? Do you remember the conversations that you were telling yourself and kind of like mentally what you were going through? Because there, there could have been a very big chance that like you would have tried to go on this journey and it could have ended poorly. It could have ended very poorly for you, but, um, with your work ethic and knowing that you had to train for this fight to get like $70 so you could buy shoes. I mean, that just says so much right there about like your work ethic and your willingness to just go, um, and, and push that red line. Uh, but what, what is, what is going through your mind during that time? And what is it that you think that's, that sets you apart from other women? So, that's a really good question. So I think what happened was I, I didn't feel like I was part of that life they their that they were giving to me like mm -hmm. my my like you said I had two opportunities like follow like the easy path the, the path that society tells you to do mm -hmm. which my sisters I had I have two sisters and they followed that path you know and um today they they are so proud of me because they they wish they did what I did but they judged me when I yeah. decided not to follow that path you know, and I still can go back, not go back, but like in the future, I still want to have kids. I still want to get married, but I don't want to be the, the woman of the house. I don't want to be like, I want, I want to be a badass mother, you know? So <laughs> I feel like, I felt like, um, I wasn't part of that world. It didn't fit in for me. And I felt like where I am from, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get the opportunities I wanted to become something in life. I wanted to become something like I, mm -hmm. since I, since a very young age, I wanted to do great things. Like I said, my sisters were like playing in the house together. And I was like outside with my brother because I wanted, I wanted to learn like how to do backflips, how to do capoeira. I wanted to do like different things. Mm -hmm. And the way my family wanted me to, to do life wouldn't take me to where I wanted to go. I feel like I would be a very frustrated person yeah. if I didn't did what I, if mm -hmm. I didn't do what I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So you're out, you're out there training in Brazil. You had your first fight. You, you earned a pair of shoes that you were able to use those shoes to train for your second fight. So keep, keep going. Like, I want to know what happens. You got your second fight. Um, yeah. did you make more than $70 for your second fight? Yes. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a, it's like a build up, right? Yeah. And, um, so, um, so my first fight, I was so scared. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to get in the octagon with the girl. And, and, and like, there's like rankings in jujitsu, right? I was only a blue belt in jujitsu and this girl was a black belt in oh. jujitsu, but it was, uh, our first MMA fight. I had, I like was my first MMA fight and her, her first MMA fight. So like it was new to both of to both of us when it comes to like punching and kicking and like takedowns, you know? So I was so scared. I was like, oh my God, this girl's going to take me down. She's a black belt. She's going to beat me up. Was she, was <laughs> she was, about your size or like, was, were you guys able to have at least the same size? Yes. Or okay. We that's same size. <laughs> okay. Thank <good>. God. Thank <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> So I got in there and I was so scared, like I said, you know, like, and I still, I tell people all the time, you know, like when you're scared, you actually do things better, you know, because you pay attention to every little thing that can become adversity in your way. You know, when I, I learned so much from fighting because like sometimes I um I feel so good and I feel like I'm better than my opponent and I get there and they beat me and I go mm. like what happened like you know like there like there's so much in in, in like um, challenging yourself mm-hmm. and I feel like challenging myself in a very young age like moving to Rio and like fighting a girl that was like more ranked like better ranked than me you know like all these challenges having this courage and facing like uh, facing life every time I was scared made me who I am today mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I looked I looked across the, the the ring and the girl was there like getting ready I was like okay well I gotta I gotta go <laughs> I gotta go <laughs> and um I so I went I went like I went I went to fight her so hard uh-huh. that I finished the fight in 17 seconds. Oh 17 my seconds. gosh. <laughs> like wow. I put, it was I just a knockout. Girl. <laughs> I Damn. punched her. I took her down and I, I went to an arm bar and I submitted her in an arm bar. My first fight ever. It's oh 17 my seconds. Oh gosh. Wow. <laughs> that was like, oh my God, I yeah. did it. Yeah. Do, do you remember it? Like, do you remember it very well? Or do you feel like you just kind of blacked out? Cause you were just so like tunnel vision. I didn't know what happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was just, like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. But I won. You know? So was, and it was, it, was that your first ahead. fight or your second fight? My first fight. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> And then, like, all my four uh, first fights, like, my four first fights, I, I, I finished in the first round. Like, I finished everybody in the first round. So, it was like, wow. okay, I'm good at this, yeah. you know? And I, re- <laughs> I remember telling my dad, because um, when I left my, my mother's house, she told me, um, well, I don't like what you're doing. I don't, wanna, I don't want you doing this. You know, I, I, don't, I don't blast you. I don't give you my my blast to go yeah, do this blessings. Uh-huh. yeah but but go and and my dad he said look I know your mother doesn't like this but it doesn't matter what you want to be in life you are my daughter and if you need anything I'm I'm here for you but like he said that he comes from like a place of like like heart you know like from emotions because they had no money to support me so mm-hmm. like he i knew i had my dad when it comes to love and support you know and that always gave me strength mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. that my dad was was there for me i told him listen i know i have talent to do this like i know you guys don't like it i know you my mother don't like it but i know i have talent to do this i i'm in the gym training with really good people and I feel like I'm really good at this let, let me do this let me go and 
trust me, let me do this. Uh-huh. And then every time, like after a fight, I would think of that conversation I had with my mom and my dad. And I always thought like, okay, I'm making my dad proud. Mm. And I'm I'm proving my mom my mom wrong. Yes. You know, I want to go. <laughs> I yeah. want to go back home one day and and show her that that little girl was right and uh-huh. and she she told her that this dream was gonna be possible and yeah. she made it happen. So that was my my strength and that was my motivation. My mm. parents yeah. and today to this day, I I'm in the UFC for for eight years now. Every time I finish a fight, the first thing I do, it's call my parents. Uh, like everybody knows, like when yeah. I get out of the octagon, the media, the press, like wants to talk to me, I go like, wait, wait a second, I gotta call to my mom, mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so tell me about, um, like, when did you get in? Like, when was your first UFC fight, and how did you get that call? And and when did you come? Like, was your first fight? Because you're in Las Vegas, right? So when, yeah, when was, lesson. when was that, what was that like? How many, how long after, you know, you started fighting, you started getting like a little bit of money to buy, you know, some clothes and to be able to support yourself a little bit. Um, tell me about that. Tell me about, uh, how it was and the phone call of going over to the UFC and, uh, what did that feel like? How did that happen? And, and how, like, when did you get, when did you get into Vegas? Okay, so um, women's MMA started growing with Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. right? Ronda Rousey was like the girl that everybody wanted to see fighting, you know. And when she stepped in as a, a judo Olympic medalist, you know, and like this beautiful girl saying that she was going to beat everybody and, and talking, you know, and making people talk about her and, and making people want to, to watch her, that was when everybody was like, oh my God, women's MMA is becoming a thing, right? And in the background, I was I was fighting. I was fighting in Brazil. I had nine fights. I was nine and zero. Oh. Nobody ever bit me. Um, I was competing in a lot of jiu-jitsu too because I wanted to stay active. So I, I won the world's, three times the 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 jiu-jitsu worlds three times so i'm a world champion wow. in jiu-jitsu and um i was competing a lot and uh so ronda stepped in and she started um talking and dana white have said before that we were not going to be in the ufc he said oh women's or women are never never going to be in the ufc he said that mm. So that was kind of sad, but like we kept pushing, we kept mm-hmm. like trying to make it happen. And um, a girl from Kansas City um, made a show called Invicta that was like uh, a MMA organization just for girls. Oh, okay. And that was huge because um, they brought a lot of us to the show. They gave us a contract, you know, and that was my first contract with like like professional fighting contract mm-hmm. and um were you, still in, Bra- happy- were you still in brazil at this point yes you're still in brazil okay i was in brazil life life it was tough for me like even like in the my first years in the ufc you know because you have to build up right yeah and and so i so i was one of the first fighters fighters fighting for invicta and um a year later Later, a year in, when like Invicta, were, they were like throwing a lot of shows and putting a lot of girls to fight each other. A year later, they 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 got eleven girls from Invicta, and they brought to the UFC, and I was one of them. Wow. Yes, I was one of them. I was. It was like the happiest day in my life. I remember. Uh-huh. I remember for this day, like, um, I got a. a I got a notification in my phone from like tweet the tweet uh, a tweet from the, the UFC Twitter. It said, "Claudia Gadea, welcome to the UFC." Oh my god! Like, so that's how that's how like, you got notified through through Twitter. Yes. It wasn't. Oh my gosh! I was Wild. like, 
<laughs> what were you? I do you started, remember what you were doing? What were you doing? Were you like at the gym? I was in the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I started crying. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Yeah. This is crazy. So like my phone started like blowing up. My mom called me and, and she didn't even know what the UFC was. Yeah. And she was like, I don't even know what it is, but congratulations. Because she, <laughs> like, she knew it was something good. Yeah. You know, and everybody was talking about it. And she knew, she knew it was going to be something really good to my life. Uh-huh. So she was like, congratulations. Like, congratulations. You really improved yourself. You became this badass woman. And I'm very proud of you. And like, you have no idea. There's like, between all my accomplishments in life, um, being able to see my mom being proud of me, mm. it's it's the be- like one of the best ones, you know, yeah. so yeah. far. Because um, I went through a lot of a lot of emotions trying to love her and show her that I was different, but. Yeah, I was a good. I was a good person. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 a positive person. I'm a good person. I'm a caring person. I'm a loving person. I just want to do this. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I want to I want to do this because I feel like this is this is my opportunity in life. So yeah. let me do this. And uh, made it to the UFC, won my first fight. And who, who did you fight? Who was your first fight in the UFC? I fought uh, Tina Lademaki. Okay. Where was she from? I think she was from Poland. Okay. I think she was from Poland. Yeah. Okay. So t- um, tell me, tell me about your first UFC fight experience. Did you still, did you like, what was that first fight like? And I'm sure, I'm sure you were scared shitless. I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The UFC is like the, the biggest fighting organization in the world. Did you feel pretty confident going into the UFC and like, were you prepared for this fight? Yes, I was very prepared. I had so many fights before making to the UFC. I had 11 fights. So I was 11 and no. Okay. Never lost a fight in my life. And then, um, I get in there. I was like one of the best fighters in the world. And everybody was talking about me. Oh, this girl can become the champion. And I was so confident. Uh-huh. You know, and um, but like, I feel like growing up, I didn't learn a lot about confidence. I didn't learn about losses, you know, like mm-hmm. I learned about all of that through fighting mm-hmm. by losing, you know, like mm-hmm. by putting myself out there mm-hmm. and really putting myself out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. like 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 Brené Brown always say, like, put yourself out there. You know, if you if you're not in the arena, like getting your ass kicked. Like every, yeah. like every time she says that, I go like, this is me. This is yeah. us. Like I'm really putting myself out there, getting my ass kicked to become better, to become yeah. a better human, a better person. Yeah. So um, I was very prepared for that fight and very confident. And was it, I, I was it in Vegas? Was it in Las Vegas? It was the, Uf- in, the UFC fight, your first UFC fight. No, it was in New Jersey. Oh, really? No, okay. no, Atlantic City. Atlantic yeah, Atlantic City. City. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, close to you, right? Yeah, it's pretty close to me. I'm in Virginia Beach. So Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, how? So were you still living in Brazil at this point? Or once you yes. joined the UFC, did you, did you move to the U.S. once you joined the UFC? No. No, I moved, I moved to, to the U.S. four years later. Okay. Oh, four years later. So you were yeah, traveling yeah. back and forth from Brazil and coming into fight and, uh, huh. So yeah. how often are fights typically? You can fight like three to four times a year, like okay. four, four times a year. It's very rough on the body. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, three, three times is hard, but you can do it. Yeah. Um, like I would say with all the fight camps, with all the damage, a fighter should fight like two times a year. Two times a year. Give me an idea of what, whenever you're preparing for a UFC fight and, uh, I don't know, let's say you're like six months out, three months out getting ready for a fight. What does your daily training look like? I'm really interested in that. What does that look like? It's torture. Yeah. (laughs) It, 
it's very hard because this is like the sport of MMA is so young, right? It's uh-huh. like 27 years old. And yeah. we are in the UFC for nine years. So it's like we still trying to figure out what's the proper thing to do. Yeah. And that's the reason why I left Brazil because I feel like I felt like my body was getting beat up with the kind of training I was getting mm. here. I was like sparring too much, getting hit in the head too much, doing too much of his strengthening and conditioning. Like I was everything was too much because we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And we wanted so much to change our lives and to 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 do good out there mm-hmm. that we do too much. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Sometimes too much is not the best thing to do. Right. 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 Yeah. So um, today I kind of optimized. I have I had to learn a lot about myself to understand what I need to do to get ready for mm-hmm. a fight. You know, and today I feel like I do the right things, concentrating, recovering and also putting myself in the situations that I I'll have to deal with in the fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I can't go to a fight without getting like the timing to slip a punch, to like defend a kick, you know. Like and by training that, mm-hmm. it's how I am going to get the timing, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have to go through fights in the gym to be able to get ready for a real fight. Mm-hmm. But I can't damage my body because mm-hmm. I have to fight, right? Right. So um, we, I do strengthening and conditioning three times a week okay. and sparring two times a week. Um, and I do like yoga to try to relax my body and uh-huh. stretch my muscles two mm-hmm. times a week also and cardio two times a week. And then we do this, this specific training too. Like I do bad work with the boxing coach and I do Muay Thai with the Muay Thai coach mm. and I do jujitsu with the jujitsu coach, mm-hmm. wrestling mm-hmm. with the wrestling coach. And then I have to go out there and put everything together in sparring. Oh, right? wow. Okay. So, but yeah. you wouldn't do, you wouldn't do all of those in one day, right? You would, you would cycle them through like a course of the week of a week, right? Or would you do... Muay Thai, you know, from nine to 10 and then, you know, bag work from 10 to 11. Would you get every, everything in for MMA, like in, in one day, or would you cycle that through like in the, so in the I, week? I cycle that through okay. in a week. Okay. Because, um, so like, let's say I'll, I'll wake up Monday and I go train grappling, just uh-huh. like getting out of submissions uh, setting submissions and um, getting out of like bad positions in the ground. Somebody's on top of me. I have to get out of the ground. I have to get get back up. And I'm in, on top of somebody. I have to hold them down, mm-hmm. you know. So I train a lot of that on Mondays, on the morning. And then in the afternoon, I go and do strengthening conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, get my muscles and my joints, my body ready for the fight. And then on Tuesday, I wake up in the morning, I go spar. So I have to like put everything together. It's a sparring session. It's like a fight, but we actually try not to like, I would, I would say it's like 80% of a fight, not punching each other too hard in the face, Mm -hmm. you know, and trying to hit the body more. And we wear a lot of gear, like headgear, Mm -hmm. um, shin pads, gloves, so it's pretty, like, safe. And then on Wednesday, I'll train wrestling, like setting up takedowns, defending takedowns. Um, like, the person, the, the, uh, shoot a takedown, my opponent defends a takedown, what I do now, you know, like, things like that on Wednesday. When, and then on Wednesdays, I try to, like, break the week and, and a half, so I do a really training hard training session in the morning and then I do yoga in the afternoon to recover to be able to train hard the rest of the week mm-hmm. and I'll do Thursday I'll do the same thing that I did Tuesday and then Friday I'll do the same thing that I did Wednesday and Saturday I spar again 
and um, yoga Wait, so again. Do you uh, do you have a do you have any idea how many calories you'd be eating? Like in the like, are you just like constantly having to eat? I can only imagine. Um, I can only imagine like what your uh, calorie expenditure is like with everything that you're doing. Um, yeah, what is your what what is the new? How does nutrition play into all of this? Like you know, like I'm sure it was also like a learning curve for you, um, learning how to like fuel your body. Right. But then at the same time, it's like, you're expending so many calories, your body probably just need needed fluids and it just needed calories. I mean, can you talk about like your nutrition a little bit? And, um, like if like, I don't know, did you have somebody helping you with nutrition and supplementation of like recovery or, um, uh, like tell, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I have a medical doctor here in Brazil. He does like, um, like he takes my blood uh-huh. in the beginning of the camp, and he checks like how how everything is in my body, and then we we adjust my supplementation and my nutrition uh, depending on what my body is needing on that moment, and then we mm-hmm. do again half camp, and we do again in the end of camp to see how ready I am for the fight so it, like it's very specific yeah um i'm very professional with my nutrition mm. with my diet i feel like like you said we need the calories mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like i don't want to just eat bad calories right either you know i want to yep. be healthy I, wanna, I think about my future i think about i want to be an 80 year old lady doing my squats and there doing my yoga and yeah. training my jiu-jitsu so like I try to take care of my body properly. Nutrition plays a big role in my life. Oh, yeah. Yes. Nutrition is very, very important. Um, I do have to consume a lot more calories in fight camps. Yeah. Because um, I'm burning like 5,000 calories every day. I know. I can only imagine. That's crazy. That is so crazy. crazy. Um, Do you have, like in in the fights that you have had, do you have, a most memorable fight for yourself personally that like, you know, for whatever reason, like maybe it was a, a good fight or a, a bad fight. I, I don't know. Um, but is there one fight but aside from the first one? Cause I think your very first fight was pretty epic <laughs> in 17 <laughs> seconds to knock out a girl yeah. and like to just, that's crazy. But, um, what is like your most memorable fight that you have since your career? So, when I started fighting for the UFC, I was like traveling to America to fight in America, you know, and like people didn't know me. Like I was like this new fighter, like women's MMA, it's, it's, it's a new thing, you know, like people didn't know me. And one of my dreams was to fight in Brazil uh, in the UFC, uh, you okay. know, yeah. and, and um, it, but it was hard to get a, like a, a fight in, in Brazil in the UFC because like all the Brazilian fighters, all the guys who wanted to fight in the UFC too, mm-hmm. um, in Brazil too. So um, I finally, like two years, I think three years that I was in the UFC, they gave me a fight in Brazil. And I like my favorite place in planet Earth, it's Rio de Janeiro uh. because it's like, the city where I discovered myself, mm-hmm. I learned about respect, discipline, mm-hmm. losses. I had all like everything that I ever felt in life was there. Like mm-hmm. and all my accompl- my big accomplishes accomplishments in life was there. So like I my best friends are there. I, I love the way the the city is, you know, like mm-hmm. the beaches and like the people. I just love Rio de Janeiro. The UFC gave me a fight in in the in, in Rio de Janeiro, okay. and I was the, I was the co-main event of the night. Wow! Right, so like the fight before the fight before the the main event of the night was yeah. me. Wow! Um, and I was fighting a girl that had a really good fight with the champion, mm. and it was like it was supposed to be a really tough fight as well. And um, I was so prepared for this fight, too. I remember, like, every little second after camp, yeah. the fight camp, and, you know, like, uh, being in the back, getting warmed up for this fight, and walking in 
walking out to my people, like for the first time in my life, walking out to my people in Rio de Janeiro, everybody screaming my name, you know, and I was like, oh my God, this energy, you know, it's amazing. And like Brazilian fans are so energetic. They they go crazy. I don't know if you ever seen like soccer from soccer and and MMA, (laughs) like we're so energetic. So I walked into this fight and I go like, oh my God, this is a dream. You know, and I got everybody's energy. So I walked to the octagon and I was like, okay, but this fight is going to be tough. And I started fighting and I was like seeing everything so clear, you know, like living in the present moment. I was seeing everything so clear. And like the girl was a really good Muay Thai fighter. So she started like punching me, kicking me. And I took her down three minutes in I submitted her wow and then the whole stadium <laughs> you know like celebrating with me uh-huh it was like one of the best moments of my life I'll never forget that one yeah um so that that kind of leads me to my next question that I have for you have has your uh parents your your mom specifically have they got to come see you fight at the UFC? No. No, they haven't. No. no, my mom, when I'm fighting, when I'm fighting, my mom locks herself in the bathroom. She can't. She can't, she watch, can't watch you. Oh, no. she can't. But that's a really good question for that moment because this fight, that fight that I submitted to girl in three, in three minutes, uh-huh. was the first fight my dad watched it on TV. He was, he was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and your mom was and your mom locked herself in the bathroom oh my God. bless her heart um so what about like your siblings and stuff have they have they got to come watch you fight no they no haven't. they no, dang no, um so now how long ago was this fight in brazil um let's say 2000 uh 17 okay. so four years ago okay yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So I want to kind of pivot just a little bit and um, something that I think is so important because I've seen you talk about this a little bit on social media and I, I really want to highlight this. I want to talk about, um, uh, because I know like with UFC fighters, you get you get hit a lot in the head and I kind of want to talk about that and I've really seen you pivot a lot and do a lot of in, in like the health and fitness and really getting into training and, and working on that. So can we, I kind of want to talk about like what you're doing now and like why you believe and why you're so passionate about the things that you are kind of preaching and that you want to get out there to the world right now. So I, be, I became this fighter that came out, came from nowhere mm-hmm. and made it in life. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't believe we ever make it because when you we feel like we made it, we get lazy. So I'm yeah. like, I, I live a good life, but I didn't make it. And I'm yep. never going to make it. I have that drive. You know, and um, my parents, um, I was able to change their lives. I'm, I'm very passionate about my family and my parents, right? I, as you can tell. Um, and like um, the first money I ever first really good money I ever made in my life. I bought my parents a house. I love them to death. I take care of them. My mother today is my best friend. I talk to her every day. And through the way I live my life, my lifestyle and my my diets, the way I look at nutrition, the way I look at food, I, I was able to help my dad lose over 20 pounds And I was able to help my mom lose over 10 pounds. They used to live a pretty healthy lifestyle, but they didn't know what to eat. They didn't know the, like how to feed their bodies and they were getting older. So I started helping them with the supplements, you know, Mm -hmm. like buying them a bunch of different supplements Mm -hmm. and just like changing a little bit the way Mm -hmm. they were eating Mm -hmm. and their body responded so well. And yeah. they live a, like such a like a better life now. They're so much happier, and you know, like mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom thinks she's so pretty, and she's Aww. seventy-five years old. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm so happy for that. And um, 
just because I learned all of that through sports, through like doing weight cuts for fights and like taking care of my body. I felt I fell in love with nutrition with and with the proper way to feed my body. I love how the human body responds so well to food and how real foods are so important to our lives. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hate the way the food industry is in America mm -hmm. and the way we like people don't eat real foods. There's, mm -hmm. like a, there's like a bunch of processed foods out mm -hmm. there that mm -hmm. are like just killing people, yeah. you know, like killing people from heart disease, killing people from like, guys, People need to understand that everything start everything starts out here starts mm -hmm. in the gut, right? Mm -hmm. Like we eat our body processes, the food we eat, and then distributes the the nutrients to the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. So the way we look at ourselves in the mirror, it's exactly the way you you, you take care of yourself. You know, mm -hmm. like if the way the way you feel, the way, like when you wake up and you feel negative, you feel like life it's not good you know like i feel like the way you eat the way you take care of yourself through nutrition reflects in who you are and the way you look in yourself in the mirror mm -hmm. and i kind of i kind of i kind of fell in, fell in love with that by helping my parents and i want to mm. one of my missions in the world today is to help especially women yeah you know to like change the 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 perspective of life through lifestyle and and diet because yep. this is the most important thing in our lives when we're looking at ourselves like I told you I want to be this 80 year old woman having like look having my kids next to me and we're all working out I know you pretty much into that too that's why yep. I love you I love what you do you know like I I always look up to you and like I remember times where I was sad and not motivated and I looked in I looked in your Instagram and you were like grinding and like in your bike working out lifting yeah. weights and doing your thing it was like there's there's girls out there yeah. doing the things you know yeah. there's a lot of girls out there doing like like preaching what they say mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's what I want to do you mm -hmm, know so mm -hmm. like I just started trying to create this movement in my social media, in my social media, because I feel like I can change mm -hmm. so many people's lives mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. the life I live, mm -hmm. which is a very, very healthy life. Yeah. Well, you can definitely tell that you're passionate about it. I mean, that's like, that's all it takes. And I remember in the beginning, whenever I started on my fitness journey, I just, I kept telling myself that if, if I could change one life and affect one life and save one life, then then, you know, my job, my job is done. And, um, what happens is like that just continues to just kind of magnify and snowball into where you're not only changing, you know, your family's lives and you're not just changing like the lives around you, but you're reaching globally and, and affecting and changing, uh, changing the lives all around you. And it's interesting the way, um, you know, the way the mind thinks and the way that we process things. And because we all know how to make the right decisions when it comes to healthy eating, right? We all know that, um, like 80% of us, probably 90% of us knows that, you know, eating processed foods and the cookies and the fast food is probably not the best choice whenever you weigh it to like home cooked baked meals that you can make healthily for yourself. So I think it comes down to a lot of it is just discipline. And, uh, you know, we, we know the right choices and it's like, it's, it's motivating people and giving them a reason as to why it's important to eat healthy and why it's important to fuel your body like a machine. So, which is what you've had to do for the last like decade or more, whenever it comes to training and like, you know, and, and fighting in the UFC. So you're a walking testimony to, to so many, and especially women, uh, when it comes to just fueling your body like a machine. And, um, so I don't know, I think it's really great what you're doing. I, I love everything that I love everything that you stand for. You're, you're definitely a badass. And those of you, 
uh, who are listening to this podcast, if you guys are not following Claudia's journey on social media, you have to follow her because she's, she's so motivating. And I just think you're real and very raw and, uh, being a, uh, a woman with, with your type of, uh, notoriety and following, it's very important and it's really rare these days. So, um, I just, I just want to encourage you to just keep doing what it is that you're doing because you motivate me. I know that you just said that I, you know, I've, I've motivated you through sometimes, but like, it's really motivating to just to see everything that you're doing and, um, the realness and the rawness that you, that you show through the, through the lens of, uh, social media. Thank um, you. So I kind of want to, um, I kind of want to, you know, if the, the, those of you who are listening to this podcast with Claudia and I, um, I, I would like for you to leave it with, um, like maybe encouraging some young women, because I, I think that especially now, uh, we get a lot of pressure, uh, whenever we want to go against the grain, um, whether it's women wanting to lift weights, you know, and get really strong, whether it's young girls coming up wanting to be fighters and because it's very much against the social norm, right? For the longest time, even women in weightlifting that was kind of frowned upon because you'd get, oh, like super masculine and turn into a guy. We all know that's not the key. Those are false. Those are false things that just, it, it's not going to happen. So, um, if, if we could end this podcast in any way, I would love to know just some, um, just like if, if you were talking to younger girls or girls who are wanting to brave that path of being solo on their journey, what would you tell them? That's a, that, that's really good. Uh, actually like in, in one point of my life, I remember this is a, a, a really good point to touch right now with this question, because in one point of my life, I remember looking at myself crying, thinking that I kind of lost all my femininity. Uh I felt like, I felt like because people, because society was judging Uh me because people were judging me the way I looked years ago, like 10 years ago, I was like, look at this. I lost my feminine body and for sport and, you know, for something that it's it's not gonna be even good for me. You know, like it was a, dep- a depressive moment of my life, mm-hmm. looking at myself and judging my body because mm-hmm. people were judging my body. Mm-hmm. And I've been for one for one moment, I believed on these people. Mm-hmm. I believed in them, and they put that in my head, and I was hating myself. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of girls out there that I want wanted to be strong. Wanted to look fit. Wanted to take care of their bodies, like we do. Wanted to look like badasses, like we do. But they don't do it because they're afraid of people judging them. Mm-hmm. You know. So I want to encourage you to do whatever you want in your life, like mm-hmm. I did. I got out of my hometown at 15 years old. I, I went to live in the favelas at 18 years old because I wanted to become something good in life. And my body's feminine. My body's fit. I love my body. People love my body more mm-hmm. than I do, I think. <laughs> and, I love your body. <laughs> I love your body, too. <laughs> so it, it's great. And it's not only about looking good. It's about feeling good. You know, like you, you healthy. Your muscles are strong enough to be able to support you for your whole life, you know, and we are going to be badass 80, 90 year old girl. Yeah, we are. We are. So (laughs) I want to encourage yourself to do whatever you want to do in life. And like, I feel like every girl should do whatever they want to do in life Mm -hmm. and don't rely on men to Mm -hmm. pay their bills and tell them what to do. You know, men is great. Love man, man is great, but like they're not telling me what to yeah. do. Yeah, you know they they not gonna pay my bills. I am yeah. um, I'm I'm working to do this. Uh-huh. I love that. I love that. So what's Thank next you. for you? Like what's like what are you working on right now? What's next for you? And so I am in Brazil right now. Oh, you're um, in Brazil. Yes, I'm oh. in Brazil. I'm in São Paulo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have a. a a job to do here for the next two months and um 
I can just kind of like say like I can't say what it is, but mm-hmm. I, I I'm gonna be in a reality show. Oh, and I'm, in Brazil. I'm very, yes. Okay. Yes. Very um, cool. Are so you gonna get to see your family while you're there? I, when I get out of the show, yeah. Okay, I'll that's so them. cool. Well, I can't yeah, wait but I, to hear more of that. Yeah, so I'm here doing this and training, right? Like cool. we train every day. That's and, awesome. Um, when I get out, I go see my family and and I'm gonna book a fight. That's good. Wow, I cannot wait, man. It is it is my goal to. I really want to get out to Vegas and to come see you and. Um, I don't know, train with you, watch you fight. I don't, I would just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Sooner rather than later. I just, I need to get out there soon and to come and to come find you. So uh, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You are truly an inspiration and you're just, you encompass what it means to be a female badass and your story of overcoming adversity for you walking towards the darkness, towards the unknown and just embracing that and embracing the suck. Um, you are, uh, it is just such a legacy that you are, that you are leaving. So I know that your family is so proud of you and, uh, um, I just want to say thank you for coming on the Reborn podcast and um, and I hope to get out to Vegas soon. Yes, get out there. Let's work out. I'm, it's going to be a pleasure to to meet you. Like, I, like yeah. I said, I look up to you a lot and thank you for everything you do as well. Yeah. So where can people follow you at? What's your, throughout your social media handle? So my Handles. Instagram, uh, this is going to be challenging because I have to spell in English. <laughs> hey, your English is really good. I was going to tell you, you're doing oh, a really good you. job. I'm, tr- I'm trying. I have yeah. been trying for like four years. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so um, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram, Claudia Gadelha. So C L A U D I A, and then my last name G A D L H A. Wow, that came out that's, good, right? That's good. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, awesome. it's my my biggest platform now. Cool. I. I I don't have time to go on Twitter I and all know. these other things. So Instagram. I feel you. I feel you. All right. Well, hey, go crush whatever you're doing. I'm sure you will. And I will, uh, I will catch you soon, girl. Thank you so much. All right. What a great interview with Claudia. What did you think about that? Oh, my God. Are you ever going to get on the mats? Have you ever? Do you? Ever? No, I don't like... <laughs> What? Like hand, 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 hand kind of sports. <laughs> I had a friend in college and uh, oh we did like intramural sports yeah. and I legit told her she's the reason why I don't do like hand to hand. Like, why? She would beat a fucking bitch on the field. Oh and I was gosh. like, she elbowed a girl playing soccer one time. I was like, you're the fucking reason why did, I don't do this. Did, uh, she got in trouble for it. For yeah, sure, like a red but, uh, or She scared the hell out of me. I'd like to. I think it would be fun. I could kind of see like you during the interview, like, thinking about it yeah did you ever get back on the mat man do some so jiu-jitsu? I, i've <sighs> always wanted to like compete again like actual like mm-hmm. ufc fighting um mma but dude it's just let's just be real with my schedule guys <laughs> like <laughs> she I, has zero time i know i have zero dude there's one time i was training out here at a uh, gustavo muchado no <laughs> gustavo muchado and I brought Emily from Spike's Canine with me. Oh my god! To roll, dude. First of all, that girl's got some like she's got some sass to her. First of all, she's like really? a little fiery. She's like the nicest she's person so nice. ever. But she never came back because <laughs> it's like, like I mean, if you're not, it's like pretty violent, and it's a different type of. I mean, even just like the drills and stuff. And usually at the end of the class, you go like one on one or like head to head. And um, anyways, I don't know. I I think it's it's. This is this is my this is my takeaways, and I'll just I'll leave it there for you guys. I think that jujitsu is very very important and key when it comes to self confidence building. Mm-hmm. Um, like we don't even talk about if it's a good workout or not. It, it's an excellent workout. Like you'll get destroyed. Full body, for um, sure. But I think there's something about jujitsu that builds a different type of confidence than you get in the weight room. I'm going to leave that there. 
The second thing is, is uh, whenever I am being consistent with my jujitsu training, I feel better prepared if somebody were to come by and lay hands on me. See, that's why I want to do it. Just like for, for like self-protection. Self-protection. Self Cause I feel like, and it's, yeah, I could, like, it's not like butt. that in, in, it's not like in BJJ you're like learning. I mean, you're doing like takedown moves, but it's almost like, I like to think of BJJ as it's like a big human board game, right? right. Of just like, Moving the other person's moves body. Moves and counter moves. Yeah. And so you become aware, probably more subconsciously than anything, of like what the other, per how the other person is moving. And so I just think I, I, there are so many great things about BJJ that, you know, I, I, I'm a huge advocate for, for BJJ. Um, any sort of like self-defense or like, you know, hand-in-hand -hand combat type I stuff. I think they should teach it in schools. I think they oh, should yeah, bullying is really going to go up in schools. Well, really, especially for girls or college girls, I think that would be. Yeah, cool. I mean, let's let's face it. Everybody is getting bullied now on social media. Thanks, like social media. Yeah, it's not like it used to be where you just like punch somebody in the face or shove them in a locker. Like it's it's actually Mentally it's actually now. worse. Yeah. yeah, it's worse now it's in my opinion abuse. because you know whenever you the the bullying back in the day, like you would be able to see like those bruises and cuts and marks, and now it's really easy to just you just like bury yourself underneath it. Um, so great podcast today. Yes. Um, that was really inspiring. Makes me want to get back on the mats, but I, uh, I just, yeah, I just, dude, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like figuring out a partner. way to get back on my horse a lot. You would see, I just need a partner. You would literally beat my ass, but yes, I would. You'd have to get rid of your nails. You'd have That'd to be my only self-defense. No, you oh, would have shit. those oh, things someone. would have to be cut back so short. <laughs> I'd want to feel like fingertips. Ashley would fear she... for her life. Yeah, my dude. nails. We've talked about this. Your nails are like weapons. Yeah, well, I can't do it. They're keep... really popular right now, but I just. Anyways, all right. We're gonna get <laughs> off week, on guys. a really long tangent there. All right, have a great week, guys. Um, thank you for joining in and listening to the Reborn Podcast. My name is Ashley Horner with my co-host Miss Lena Del Rey. Make sure you adios. comment below. Share, like, yes, audios. Bye. <laughs>